When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to have your company here on The Driver's Seat. We have got a massive show for you tonight. It seems like everything has been happening in the world of motorsport over the weekend. We're going to talk a bit of IndyCar. We're going to talk F1. We're going to talk TA2 because Maddie Mack was in action up in Darwin. I was. And uh, I'm surprised that... Uh, I'm Is looking... that what you call it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk I'm about that. I'm not proud of it. We'll put it that way. Look, we'll talk about that a little bit later on as part of Kings of the North. Uh, Stevie, you over in Perth. Uh, Jet did pretty good in the Super 3. Uh, got himself a podium in the class. I see. He did. At he least, did, mate. At least according to the timing sheets that I've been given by the good people at uh, natsoft.com.au. <laughs> and, of course, we've got the Perth Super Sprint to talk about. But we've got plenty to get through. And uh, remember, you can be a part of the show if you want to. Text in 0433981116 is the number. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different because there's a lot of talk about Gen 3. And uh, even after this weekend, there's talk about, you know, you know, uh, how are things going? Is it what, what we, How are we going with parity? Are we, are we got these cars done and dusted? Are they right? So we thought we'd go to one of the big brains trust when it comes to Gen 3. And someone that's seen a lot of generational change. In fact, he's been at Tickford Racing for a good close to two decades. And wow. you've got to feel a little bit sorry for this bloke because he has to listen to this a fair bit. It's total bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> All right, can't add much more to that. So please welcome to the driver's seat. He is, of course, Matty Roberts from Tickwood Racing. How are we, boys? Stevie, Matty, Mac, how are we? Hello, mate. Right, we're really, really good. Do you get that a lot? Do you get Tim Edwards throwing the BS word around uh, around the Tickford garages and workshop a lot, or is he pretty reserved? No, no, he lets it, he lets everyone have it. So yeah, sure. we heard it, heard it again on the weekend. Obviously, um, when things aren't going quite right, you see the the look, the smug look on his face, and you know rattles it out. So everyone, yes. everyone sort of ducks for cover. But yeah, uh, and I would have thought over the last. I mean, we spoke to him, Stevie J. What about twelve, fifteen months ago about Gen Three? And, yep. And, he was uh, very honest. Like he was, it was, he was good. good. Like, he's a good chat because he doesn't hold back. Yes, and we, and I think Maddie was at that point in time when there was a lot of chat about uh, we were going to introduce Gen Three halfway through the year, and I think I put him on, I put the blowtorch to him, and I said, "Surely, Tim, you cannot think that that's a good idea introducing a new car halfway through the year because we've seen, haven't we, already with the introduction of it in twenty twenty three, it's not been easy, has it? No, I mean, I think you would have seen a lot of pressure from you know manufacturers and a lot of outside pressures to you know bring those new cars online and and I, I can tell you now thank god we didn't bring them out mid-year because it would have been an absolute disaster um yeah. it's just been 
a lot of a lot of work from every input um, from supercars, teams, manufacturers. You know, obviously Ford and GM have put in a, a lot to this program, and it's it's slowly getting momentum. And you know, as we working more on the cars, that you know they're becoming all the issues are coming to light. So you know, as, as teams will work through them. Hey, Maddie, I just want to ask. You know, obviously, you've been there for obviously the introduction of the car of the future as well, and um, yeah. you know, I think I think people are very, I wouldn't say short-sighted, but they forget the issues that we had at the start of that era, uh, because the end of that era, which was last year, we saw the cars that were so refined, everything was so perfect on them, they were basically bulletproof. You know what I mean? And that's just literally. 10 years of hard work and, and development from all the teams. I mean, you know, just give give us and our listeners just a bit of a snapshot of things that, that you can remember that were not ideal starting the car of the future and moving forward because these problems that we're getting now yeah. for Gen 3, uh, they're, not, they're not something that's too dissimilar to what everybody has when they roll out a brand new car front to back. Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, cast your mind back 10 years ago, you know, and you know we we had a massive massive change. So we went from um, you know live rear axle to independent rear suspension. We had a transaxle diff, so gearbox and diff all in one unit. Um, you know we, we years gone by the H H pattern. You know six speed Hollinger gearbox. You know located off the, the back of the engine. Um, so that was a, a massive change for teams, and it was. It was really hard for everyone to accept that, you know, now that, you know, the gearbox is in the back and we've got an independent rear suspension. You know, there was challenges early on, you know, we were breaking at um, prop shafts and axles and um, tripod joints and, you know, we had massive... Um, and you name it. Like, it was yeah, just incredible, yeah. wasn't it? We had gearbox issues and it, the, the list after round after round was, was endless. And as teams got more and more involved in, you know, the development of the cars and the teams brought the cars to life, you know, the, the cars became more reliable and, you know, and, and so on. So, you know, the drivers got to race them harder. And, and I'm seeing no difference here. You know, we've, we've got a brand-new platform in the Gen 3. We've got a, a massive change now, a massive, massive shift. You know, us big teams have been developing and designing for for you know the last two decades and and now that all of a sudden that stopped um and and it's designed to protect ourselves basically you know from a, a design or an engineering um devil monster um yeah <laughs> and we're going through that now you know it's it's change and it's hard to accept change um and um you know there, there is issues with these cars but as teams will we'll work them out and you know in one to two years' time, these things will they'll be great cars, and they will be. Mm. Um, one of the things we know with Gen 3 is that <laughs> we wanted to make sure that um, the bodies of the cars were far more relevant to what we see on the roads, hence the reason we look at yeah. the Tickford cars right now and the Mustangs and all the Ford cars. They genuinely now look like Mustangs, which I think Gen 2 probably didn't. Um, and part of, and I know that a lot of the technology that has gone into these cars, they're also trying to make almost um, like the suppliers are trying to make 
products that work within the car from a racing perspective and a road perspective. Like I know one of your partners, Ryko Filters, you, you, who's been a partner on our show. They, I know they. I think I've got a ride in a. Uh, they created a special filter, like an, I think it's an A5000R or something like that. Is there, from my level of understanding, is there a lot of stuff that is in these race cars that can transfer to road cars as well, like the filters, the, the Ryko filter stuff? Absolutely. Um, you know, we've, we're entering our third year with Ryko and they've worked seriously hard to develop that, that air filter that you mentioned um, and... Yeah, not only because they're a partner of ours, but well, I'm actually really impressed. We're three rounds in, um, you know, with an air filter on Cam's car, mm. and honestly, it does look like it's it hasn't been through the ringer, but mm. it's um, yeah, you know, it's been derived, derived off a, a road car component. Yeah, um, you know, we're punching 100 horsepower, and um, you know, our, our oil tank system holds you know, seven to eight litres of oil and we're pumping, you know, the blood and fire through um, road car parts and it, it actually, it's working. No yeah, issues right. at all. So, well, we've, we've seen know. a lot of that too in the in, in the past, even with Formula One and stuff where this mm. sort of stuff, you know, like this, 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 you know, air filter and oil filter technology, I mean, is... Um, uh, is filtering into the road car market and actually quite quickly too yeah. because um, uh, when you if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty like there's there's nothing you know what these things and what you know these things go through probably in three race meetings so far is probably equivalent to 50,000 k's on the road I don't know but they copper hiding you know uh, with behind cars and over in Perth with sand and all sorts of stuff going on so there's no oh, better formula to actually develop something like this that's going to then go into the to a car for a hundred thousand k's is there yeah exactly and um you know we we'll, we go straight back to Rico and say you know the early days we were developing the, the HP oil filter that they had and, um, you know, we would come back from a race weekend and see different certain properties and metallics come through the oil and we we actually worked closely with them and designed that oil filter and now it's just off the shelf. Um, and like I said, you know, even our old engines are pushing 645 horsepower. These, the Gen 3 engines, slightly less, but... You know, same filtration, and um, it's good to see a road car part on a on a race car, and it's yeah. and it's a genuine part. You know, the the oil filters and fuel filters pumping 600 horsepower, and the air filters copying. You know, like like you said, over in Perth, you know, sandy, harsh environment. You know, the cars are going off in front, throwing up sand, rock, yeah, and yeah. Um, and they're yeah. still surviving. And, it's amazing technology, and like there's seven square meters of, um, you know, media. They call it media filtration in the, in the air filters, and yeah, oh, there good, you pro- go. good product. There you go, um, Maddie. I, I don't know whether you listen to our little show here. We've been on for a little while I now. I do think uh, There you go. <laughs> for um, I, I have been probably a little bit vocal about. Tickford mm-hmm. over the years, because um, yeah. I look at I look at what's going on with Gen Three, and I look at what's going on with Red Bull, and I look at what's going on specifically, I suppose, with Erebus at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not putting you under the blowtorch, and I'm not trying to be controversial, but yeah. I look at what you guys have got, 
I look at your your driver lineup, your talent. I look at your corporate partners, all that kind of stuff. And and if I yeah. look from the outside as a fan, I look at Tickford and I go, I, I'm just perplexed as to where your results are or aren't, and probably a bit of lack of or an inconsistency in results. I mean, at, at this, as a part of the senior probably, management, probably talk at Tickford, more so. End of last year. End of last year, this year. Well, this year it's hard because obviously all the Fords are struggling this year at the end of the day. I I I get that. You know, JC was quick. So, you know, I guess it's it's hard. Probably maybe go up to the end of 2022. But is there discussions internally, Maddie, about that kind of thing and a lack of perceived results? We, um, you know, we've spent probably the last three years, um, you know, chasing T8 and, um, you know, DJR, but... Mm. We, you know, obviously finishing second um, in the championship last year with Cam. Um, we pushed so hard throughout the year, um, you know, especially mid part of the year. We had a big push. Um, yeah, we had a we didn't get off to a, a great start um, at Eastern Creek last year. And I, I remember it vividly. Um, and yeah, we we weren't strong out of the box, um, but we quickly picked that up and turned it around from round two on and we actually just chipped away. Um, Cam had, you know, awesome Winton took out the round pole um, and got on a got on a, a bit of a streak there and had good results from, you know, Darwin on. Um, Bathurst, we, um, yeah, we've just come up short again and it's, it's frustrating because you can see it in all the guys and the girls that work tirelessly to, you know, have have race winners and and ultimately we're chasing that elusive championship again. Obviously, we've we've only brought one of them home with Frosty in 2015. Mm. Mm. And like you said, you know it's such a huge it's a huge thing to you know to go through a season and just come up so sure like we did. I mean, in the end, Van Gears, yeah, he, he probably wasn't in, wasn't cruising, but, you know, we sort of pushed him as hard as we could and we still felt like we'd come up a little bit short. Reason why? Yeah, I'm, you know, if I could put my finger on it, I would probably have 20, 21 championships for every year that I've been at Tickford. <laughs> and I'll give you the tip. It's, it's um, no no uh, no shortage of trying and effort, that's for sure, from, from, all, from all the team. But... Um, yeah, this year's a little bit difficult. Um, obviously, yeah, new new platform. Engineers are still getting used to the cars, and um, uh, like I said earlier, the generational change. You know, drivers, mechanics, crews are getting used mm. to how these cars act, and um, uh, yeah, we come out of the box swinging at Newcastle. I think we're, we're really quick there, and unlucky on Sunday with Cam to you know clip that inside wall, chasing um, off it there because it was. It was a fair bit quicker than Chaz, but ultimately not at the end of the day because we clipped the wall. Um, we didn't have a great AGP, um, but um, yeah, we rolled on for Perth, and we we weren't on the money um, certainly on Friday and Saturday, um, but turned it around for Sunday as a team, and I think we do that quite well. Mm. Um, so yeah, look, early days. Um, we're, we're working extremely hard behind the scenes. You know, we've got a, a probably one of the best engineering teams in 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 the lane. Um, I'm, I'm sure we'd be envy envy of the of other teams of the structure that we've got. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've got a we're probably a supreme you know driver lineup. So hopefully we've got all the all the 
right ingredients to to go and um, take it to the front row and um, yeah. fight for wins and championships. Which, which, and that I, I suppose, Maddie, that's part of the crux of the question is I, I, you would know, I mean, you guys are a pro team, right? So you look internally and you, you would have these discussions as any business does and every day, every day right? So I know that, and coming up against the might of triple eight and DJR and now Erebus, that's like, it's a super hard gig, right? So no one's saying that it's easy, but if you could rub a genie's lamp, given that you already have a great engineering team you've got a great driver lineup you've got commercial yep. you've got stability all that kind of stuff what needs to change at tickford to be able to get over the t8s the djrs the Erebuses? what's the mat what, from those internal discussions maddie what what's that final little thing what's the what's the tiny little bit that's missing because there's clearly something missing somewhere i just don't know what it is yeah well that's a that's a million dollar question because I reckon if I gave you that answer, I'd you know be like I said, we'd have a few more championships. Um, first thing that comes to my mind, I mean, look if you look at all the one percenters because that's where we're at yeah. at the moment. Um, you know, we're probably a little bit deficient in um, you know coming straight out of the box with a, a really fast package straight away. Um, mm. And mm. like I said, you know, by Sunday at Perth, we were. We were quick, you know. JC was, um, you know, it was pretty unlucky in quality. Just snagged a break there, and we, we find that there's all these little contributions that don't quite get us that ultimate result. But um, oh, look, it's it, you couldn't just put it down to one thing because you know, from from the bottom level to the top level, there's there's so many contributing factors sure. that attribute to a, a you know a one result, result, whether it's a, mm. a mechanical failure or, or um, you know, a driver error or, or a team error as such. But, um, yeah, I, I couldn't put my finger on it. I wish, it'd be, I wish you could give me an easy answer. I know it's not an easy answer, and I, and I don't mean it to be an unfair question, Maddie, but I know one of the bits of the feedback that Stevie J and I get constantly and I'm sure yeah. you guys get it too, is, you know, w- 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 we, there's just a higher expectation of of Tickford, I guess. So, um, you know, in some ways, I think Stevie J and I feel a bit sorry for you guys because it's just so hard to get the result. We know everything's there. You've got the great partners and you've got Ryko yeah. and you've got Monster and you've got Castrol and you've got all these great partners. So we know it's, we know it's not easy, mate. If it is, if it was easy, everyone would I think, be doing I think it. you're mean, Matty, because you've literally <laughs> asked him a question that he, they don't clearly yeah. don't, don't, under, don't know the answer to. And, well, and we've all been there, you know, and, and the thing with me, I, I guess, Matty is personally, I mean, obviously I know a lot of you guys, like the guys and girls in Tickford quite well. And, especially Cam and all that, and I rate you guys, I rate Cam really, really highly, you know, like almost up, up there equivalent to, to SVG. And, mm. um, you know, I guess, and my worry too is with a driver like that, you know, um, to keep him, I guess, I wouldn't say motivated, oh, but to just, just to go like oh, like to, to keep him excited to, to keep pushing, mm. being so close for so many years now and mm. just – Fallen short, you know. I mean, how do you yeah. keep someone like Cam like excited to 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 and stay and motivated. not actually want to, you know, look elsewhere? Yeah, I mean, look, and and that's a that's a good question because you know we're, we're obviously going through that now, and 
you know, we've got to we've got to see change in in ourselves and and what we want as a team. You know, what we expect, and we've got to be disciplined, and we've got to show that and um, you know, give him the respect that we can. But JC Thomas and and Declan, you know, like they've got to see, you know, what what we can prove to them really as well as a team. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, we provide them with uh, you know good engineering structure and good crews, and um, you know, obviously that that gives them the tools then to go and do the job on track. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we're we're looking at new ways to to improve efficiencies. That, you know, whether it's at the workshop or at, at the track. Um, you know, as a, as a team, we're we're evolving, and I think we're you know we're probably one of the stronger teams up and down the lane and um you know we've got a, a good core bunch of guys that work with us and um yeah so we just sort of try and excite that change and and you know promote the growth within and maddie you would have also being a ticket for that long you would have seen like when I, I, it feels like in the championship you get a fair bit of swings and roundabouts like you know in the early 2000s like when you joined with uh, Glenn Seaton Racing like it was real yeah. HRT dominated HRT dominated then you've got you know T8 coming in with Jamie's huge run of form and then Tickford had their time in the sun mm-hmm. around 2013 2014 2015 you know Bathurst wins the championship then we sort of see T8 come back and then DJR with Scotty Mack and Fabian going through their massive run and now it sort of seems that Erebus is the you know the golden child that everyone's like oh this is the team that you want to beat up and down pit lane so when it comes to you know celebrating your time in the sun there's a lot of things that like you said you've been on the Bathurst podium three times in the past three years like Cam probably yeah. could buy real estate on that to- on that uh, podium just to <laughs> behind that, good. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that top yeah. step. So uh, we've had our fair share of um, you know bridesmaid um, reeds handed to us. Yes. You know, even yeah. even when um, Lands and Cedo were with us in you know 03 and 04, you know runners up at first in our first year at being SPR Pro Drive. Um, we had a lull 05, 06. We started to, to gain momentum then, obviously, signing Frosty in 07. And we actually were the team that were taking it to Triple Eight from you know, 07 all the way through to 13. I don't know if you remember, but it was, you know, we came ever so close a, a few times with, with Frosty, um, not only at Bathurst, um, but, um, you know, quite a few times runner up in the championship. Yeah. Um, we didn't finish out of the top five with, with Mark. Um, for for about five or six years, so that's a testament there. And then obviously, you know, skip a few years and you know, double Bathurst, thirteen, fourteen, um, and then championship in fifteen. So we did have a it was a a, a lighter blue period there of um, results and you know coming home with um, a couple of Bathursts and, and a championship threes in a row. It's probably not too bad. I don't don't know that the the last factory Falcon that won a championship and a and a and a Bathurst. Um, I think it was us actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, roll on a, a few a few years from now. Obviously, yeah, Cam's been a bridesmaid at Bathurst um, three years in a row, like you said, and obviously, um, you know, runners up in the championship in um, um, 2020 and obviously last year. So we've had. Had some good results, but yeah, we just need to tick that box of actually bringing home the championship and being strong. And yet, um, Erebus has come out strong this year. Um, you know, Barry's got a, a good a good team of um, guys down there, and they're pushing pretty hard. 
Um, that's not to say that we're not pushing just as hard. Um, yeah, look, I'm, I know Ford and um, um, supercars are working very closely together at the moment um, to hopefully um, narrow some, some some small issues down. I know Ford have got Mark Rushbrook from the US heavily involved at the moment and you know, working very hard with um, Shane Howard and his team to hopefully... Um, come through with some small changes. Matty, before we let you go, because you've been very generous with your time, I want to quickly talk Super 2 because uh, if if it's one thing that Tickford's done very, very successfully, sort of usher in a new generation, I mean, you just see, you know, uh, we talk about very highly about Cam. I mean, he's uh, Super Mm -hmm. 2 run is one of the most dominant ones you've had. And we've obviously seen Zach Best, who's doing some great stuff. Uh, When he's had his wildcard appearances in the main game. But right now you've got Ellie Morrow and Brad Vaughan and mm. it's the first time in a long time that you've actually had two cars in, uh, you know, the Dunlop series. Uh, how much, like, how much of an eye to the future do you guys have when you look at your Super Two programs? Because obviously, it's good to see guys like Tommy Randall that we've talked to, you know, after his debut in Adelaide in 2018 in the in the Falcon, and now he's you know full time driver and former Super Two champion. Like, when you look at yeah. someone like Ellie and Brad, do you really? How much work do you sort of have to put in there to sort of? How do, how do I put it? Like, get get rid yeah. of the, uh, the prepare edges. them. Yeah, prepare them. You've got to. Um, and that's one thing I said to you know Rod and Tim. You know, late, late last year, we we need to step that program up. And what I've found over the last few years is the the younger younger generation that are coming through, whether they're go karters, Formula Ford, Excels, doesn't matter what, what they're doing. They're not being taught how to be professional from a young age. And and it's dis- discipline really is what I find that, you know, they're lacking. Um, Brad and Ellie have come in, breath of fresh air for, for those two coming in, you know, super, super keen. Um, and they've taken our program on board. We've got a, you know, fairly, a fairly um, bolstered engineering lineup for, for the Super 2 program. Um, and what, what I can see in... You know, obviously Brad and Ellie both coming in is, you know, a, it's a breath of fresh air to see the enthusiasm that they bring within the team and they're learning. They're like sponges off um, Cam, JC, especially the two, you know, elder, elders of the VCS crew. And um, hopefully we can groom both of them into, you know, make it to the main game and, and that's the that's the idea behind it. Um, we haven't had a lot of debts in the last couple of years, obviously only fielding one car. Um, it's been really hard. Two, two works better for us. Um, and it's just, um, you know, it gives you more crew, it gives you more depth, um, you know, resource and, and whatnot. Hey, mate, and also I think not only the driver lineup uh, when I look at it, uh, because it's hard to blood new crew, uh, new engineers, uh, new mechanics. And for me, that is just a a superb platform to give them, um, I guess, in-field experience and to to really see what they're they're capable of before you can, you know, possibly need to replace someone in your your, uh, supercars, uh, the main game outfit or whatever it might be. So, and I think, you know, you know, even DJR, you know, they haven't done that and they haven't done a, a Super 2 program for a lot of years. And I think that's where um, blooding new people, they need to go. And, and and I think that's, that's you know, perfect platform for you guys. And I know you guys have done it for quite a few years on and off. Yeah. 
But, um, you know, I think that yeah. not only for the driver side of thing, but for, for the crew and for the engineers and all that sort of thing too. You know yourself, Stevie, how hard it is to find, you know, good engineers and, and good yep. mechanics and, and, and crew alike. Um, yep. It's a perfect stomping ground for someone to, to cut their teeth these days because the pressures of main series racing now is, you know, you've got a, a 30-minute session, you've got two or three minutes to do a specific change, car yep. goes out, car comes back, and, you and you know, repeat that four or five times through a session, then there's no time for for, for a break or, you know, it's relentless. Um, and, you know, to have the younger crew come through, like you said, in, in the Super 2 program, you know, the, it's a little less pressure. Um, they got more time to think about changes and do things and um, process, um, you know, all the, all the changes that the engineers want to go through. And it also gives, you know, like you said, the, yeah. the drivers to, to learn the craft. Yeah, they got they got that space and 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 time to um, develop themselves. And um, as we go on through through life, um, it is getting harder and harder this sport. Yeah, yeah, and and like I think that uh, you know, obviously looking forward into the next next couple of years, mate. Um, you know, it's it, it, the. The, the grids and the and the whole that whole program looks like it's just going to bolster year to year, especially with the cars available now. So, uh, uh, so just so you know that um, you know Jet Johnson's not locked into any team. Just let you know. So, uh, so, so if you if you want to if you want to keep his name there under Tim's radar because we're still doing it, Jet's still doing it. Just uh, you know, do us a favour, would you? Yeah, we we might be able to have a bit of a chat. Oh. Bit of a chat, Stevie. Well, let's Matt. Let's let Matt go before we. Yeah. we bloody... Well, Matty, you've been uh, incredibly uh, generous with your time, mate, and thank you so much. In fact, the text line is just lit up, saying, uh, "You know, really interesting insights." Having Matt discuss mm. the workings inside Ticket, not just a dry perception of the fantastic sport of supercars. Great chat. So we very, very you. much appreciate your time, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you. Uh, you've got a couple of weeks to reset, and hopefully, you can uh, spend that time you know, resetting and getting out of supercars land before you're all back into it at Tassie. That's it. No worries, Stevie, Matty. Um, good to chat with you guys. And, yeah, hopefully I can make it back on the show again. <laughs> we hope so. Uh, there you go. That's uh, Matt Roberts, the team manager at Tickford Racing, uh, joining us here on the driver's seat. That was – he didn't pull back any punches there? No, he didn't. And the thing about Matty is he, he joined Glen Seaton Racing in, like, 20 20- – uh, in 2002. Two, yeah, yeah. So we're talking yeah. to a guy who's got, you know, 23-odd experience, 23 years-odd experience in the one team. So he know, mm. he's seen it all, been through it all, knows it all. But he's, he's been, like, as I said earlier in the interview, he's been there since Project Blueprint. Like, yes. He's been there. He's seen everything. 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 You know but, what I mean? But I, I, I thought about today when I had Matty on, uh, you know, I, I probably put Tim under the blowtorch pretty hard last year. Um, I, I simply couldn't go past an interview like that without asking some of the tough questions on behalf of our fans. And I thought Matty did a really good job. Hard for him to answer because if you know what the secret is, you'd be doing it. And um, so, yeah, I, I think they're in a bit of struggle street, old Tickford. And um, hopefully at some point we'll see, them, um, we'll see them get the results. I think that they probably deserve. 
Fingers crossed. Um, but look, as, as you said, we always have... Uh, I love that. Fair dick Stevie J. I mean, if someone's texting, fair dick Stevie J. Hey, got to be in it to win it, boys. He's true. on the ask. This is true. 0433981116 is the number if you'd like to get in touch on the driver's seat. And just a quick warning out there, anyone that does want to get a bit fruity on the text line, we won't hesitate to put you in the knob file. So oh. you can have a spell and off into the knob file. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you were on the plane last no, week, Steve. We I, opened that up last I, week. Yeah, I, I slam dunked someone into the into the knob file. Did you? Yeah, yeah. That probably was yeah. me being no, on the plane. Oh, I don't think it was you. No, no, no. no. All right, we'll take. I a can't quick... remember who it was, but he's he's on the bench for about a month. <laughs> we will take a quick break because we get to open the doors to the classic cars corner in just a moment here on the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And it's great to have your company here on the driver's seat. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And as always, remember, 0433 98 11 16 is our number. Keep your text messages coming in. Thank you very much, hey. Frank and Fakatani. Hey, have, have you got a touch of the lurgies? Yes, I do. You sound... You sound not as not as uh, against the wall as I was a couple of weeks ago, but you sound like you've just got a touch of the dreaded lurgies, Nimzazor. This is what happens when you spend an entire weekend uh, playing with your nieces and nephews. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, the old school ground. Bugs. Yes. Absolute Good. bugs. Oh, they're riddled with them. Yeah, they're riddled with them. We're not talking to the children. We're talking about... What they carry. Uh, I'll speak for, speak for yourself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you can call your nieces and nephews vermin if you wish. They know a, a lot. Um, just quickly on the text line before we get to uh, opening the doors is the classic cars segment. This one's from Lee. Classic cars? Oh, dear. This could be the last time your show is on air. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm is a legend. You've got to finish it off. Malcolm, Malcolm is a legend. Malcolm is a hey, legend. Lee, I know what subject is coming up, oh. and uh, it was probably one of the most – highly received segments of last year. We got so many texts about it mm. and Malcolm's been working on it. Um, all I can say is that I'm probably going to turn my microphone and my earphones off <laughs> and walk away for fear. <laughs> so he's, he's like a rabid dog behind a fence at the moment. He's ready to rock and roll. He's an angry man today. All right. Well, let me tell you. well, let's actually get straight to it and open the doors to the classic cars corner. This is the classic cars corner with Malcolm Owens. For Kubota, together we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. All right, Malconia, don't keep us in, in suspense. What do we got for us today? All right, g'day, Matty, Stevie, Nimsy. How are we going over there? Oh, we're going well, and I'm hovering we're over great. the dump button just in case. We're nervous as anything, but we're good, <laughs> mate. Jeez, my, my, uh, my reputation precedes me. That's <laughs> yeah. pretty good. You know, right. gonna, you know how we're going to describe you fairly soon? Fan favourite, Malcolm Owens. Oh, well, that... Already there, mate. Already there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Let it let it rip some. Where really. are you going? Just got to get this. Just got to get this ego in check, right? All right. So, as Maddie said, we did the driving habits that drive us completely nuts. So this is uh, part two, Ooh. and um, so generally speaking, I'm re- I reckon that most drivers are out there on the roll on the road with the sole objective of pissing me off. I get that, <laughs> and I'm getting older. I know that, and it's a certain level of grumpiness that comes. But I've got to say, there's so many more cars on the road than it was 10 years ago. Um, but I have to say, just bugger off and get out of my way, will you? Because I'm coming through. <laughs> so a month or two ago, we talked about driving habits. It really gave us the, uh, what do you say, Matthew? The S-H-I-G-S or something? The, the tishes. 
the Tishes. That's it, the Tishes, that's it. Mm. And after mm. spending time on the roads with some very special people, I'm back with another list. So I've got to start with what the hell has happened to driving standards? Clearly with anyone with an IQ at or below their shoe size can get a licence and wreak havoc on the road. Yes. My old man used to call used to call and yell out and accuse people of getting their licence out of a Wheaties box. Yep. Back when, if you're old enough, you remember you get cards and toys in the cereal boxes. So I guess the modern equivalent would be getting your licence off eBay. So now a knob is a knob and I'm happy for them to be a knob in the privacy of their own home. But when they get into a car with their enti- with their entitled, overinflated opinion of their own importance, coupled with a big dose of overconfidence and an inability to comprehend that road rules do in fact apply to them, with limited intelligence, less courtesy, and serial killer level aggression, they become a road going disaster looking for a place to happen. Now, seriously, if some of these people couldn't couldn't drive their finger up their date code, if you get my drift, brother. <laughs> so, is it? <laughs> So here's, here's a few, and this is just from this week. I, I, I kid you not, this is just from this week, and it's only Wednesday. So let's start with the double parker, right? So how about when you go to the shopping centre or the busy car park, and I hate this at the airport, and where some self-absorbed wanker thinks his 15-year-old BMW <laughs> is so special that he parks in the middle of two spaces so people won't open the doors on his precious Juco. Curtis Nimsy, why, why, why? <laughs> go park. Why, go park why the- me? There you go. There we go. There we go. Go park at the back of the car park where no one goes. It's a whole minute walk, you muppet, right? Second one, impatient drivers. And I think Matt comes under this because I've seen him drive, and it's like oh, the whole oh, oh, I resemble that, a- Mark. There's a hundred varieties of them out there, right? Where to start with this one? On the weekend, I was sitting at the lights on my flatbed with a car on it because I've got to move all my cars because I'm changing where I'm storing them. And I'm about to do a right-hand turn. Now, the light turned green, and with, I think, about a millisecond, some oxygen bandit was on the horn. <laughs> it takes a moment to get the big truck moving, so get your hand off it, bro, on the horn as well. Don't they drive you mad, though, <laughs> You know what you do in that situation, Mel. You just sit there pretending yeah. you can't get a gear, and when it goes yellow, that's when you oh, go. Yep. Off you go. See you, mate. <laughs> well, you know, you know, with the, the cart, you got the big truck transporters. I mean, I'm just got a flatbed. Those things, those your, yours is huge. Mm. They t- take a bit to get that thing going. Right, the next yep. one's that's it. <laughs> right, next one's roundabouts, and I hardly have to say, do oh. I? You, you wave the vehicle coming from the right. Well, already in the roundabout. It doesn't mean look at me, looking at me coming to you from the right with your stupid eyes and going anyway, which is what happens. Usually trucks. And I tell you, that, out near um, Kubota HQ, these guys, they just don't give a rat. They're just like, I'm just going on bigger than you. Send and it. the worst of the worst is, is the clown in the right or the middle lane that suddenly wants to take the exit left and just cuts across the front of everyone oh, and takes the front mm, of your car off to make the, nothing worse. Make the yeah. exit. I don't know how many times that happens. Just send them. So Next time that happens, just send them. Just send them, lean yeah. on it. <laughs> I, I do the opposite of roundabouts. I'll blaze down the out, do go around the outside with my match set of tyres, and uh, instead of going off when you have to go off, I just cut in front of them and keep going round <laughs> to go to the next one. Equally as bad, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, now we've got the circumnavigator. No, that's not something that a rabbi does, but you know the ones. They're usually on the freeway. <laughs> They come up behind you in the left lane, usually about 15 k's over the speed limit. They sit right on your date and they pull out in the right lane, pass you, 
swerved back in to get the exit. Congratulations, you've saved seven seconds in getting to the exit. They nearly take the front off your car. You know those ones when they just swing around you and then just cut you yep, off? Yep. And go, you could have waited just yep. literally 10 seconds and you could have just turned left. Yep. And then they drive and, um, down the guess, exit there, Mal. They drive down the exit and then they stop down there where four cars are waiting mm. to get around the roundabout mm. and it's made no difference at all. <laughs> exactly right. Well, <laughs> well, they're sitting next to you at the, at the, the lights. So I guess this, this, next one's, this next one's a little bit related. I call this one the boxed-in bogan. So you're driving in the right lane, and you come up behind a car, usually going a little slower than the speed limit, but nothing, nothing crazy. Okay? There's a car in the left lane, so you're kind of boxed in, no worries. The car in front's going slightly quicker than the one to the left, so with a bit of patience, you'll cruise along, and when the car in front gets you, you'll either move over or you'll get some room to go around. But... Not good enough for Bazza the Bogan and his work kit, right? Straight up behind you, right up your ass, flashing his lights, swerving all around. Yes, boxed in exactly where do you want me to go, Einstein? <laughs> and there's the accelerated, ex- exaggerated acceleration when he finally gets to go past. And if you're really lucky, he'll pull in front of you and brake check you just to make a point. Oh, I, there, the- that has happened to me on the road to Brisbane for the last couple of years. I reckon that's happened to me half a dozen times. So are you that band that sits in the right lane that drives at 107 and 110 zone just mm-hmm. crawling past the left left lane guy? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, I don't do that. Oh, I mean, I'll pull back in once because it's keep left and less overtaking. Correct. That's that's the Correct. Australian rule, Steve Johnson. Correct. And for those folks out there, keep left and less overtaking, please. I do a bit of that. Yeah. Like I'll go around <laughs> and then I'll pull back in again. I, te- I tend not to slow down or brake check anyone because you imagine if someone hit the back of my car. That'd be expensive. Yep. So, yeah, I don't want that to happen. Unless you need a new rear bumper. Yeah, exactly. You don't want that in a Porsche. Unless you need a new rear bumper, Matty, and then you do it and then it's there folded. Well, it? you could do that, yes. Mm. Well, they hit the tow bar on the Porsche and wrap the, oh, that'd be expensive for them Yep. and the insurance company. But anyway, sorry, sorry, Malcolm, we hijacked your show there. Don't cut me off, mate. No, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's just good you didn't liberate anyone in, in Darwin, so I thought that's a pretty good start. <laughs> oh, no, I did. We're going to talk about that a little bit later, but I did. I, the the, uh, the front of the old Kubota Mustang is going to need a replacement. A replacement uh, nose cone? Yeah, down at the down at the hairpin I gave. Ooh. I go, there was, you know, the traditional checkup at mm. Darwin, and I uh, just they just checked up a little bit sooner than what I thought they were going to. So I just donk right at the back of someone. They gave it a crack. But anyway, we move on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you looking yourself mm-hmm. in the mirror again, Matthew, or were you actually focusing on where you were going? <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> yes, I was putting my makeup on. One of my yeah. favourite things. <laughs> oh, that's All about right. what it sounded yeah. like. <laughs> this one was from last night because I went out with the Kubota boys. We saw John Wick forward to Casino, so we had a few uh, as uh, Stevie nice. J adult beverages. So um, I call this one the Uber Taxi Five Hundred. Now, the way they drive is clear to get there as quickly as possible so they can get to the next fare. They use the accelerator like an on-off switch, punch it at every light, followed by painfully late braking. So you feel like you want to revisit the evening's pizza all over the back of the seat or the windscreen, depending (laughs) where you're sitting. (laughs) Like When they're driving on the freeway, they drive so so close to the car in front that I was sure that they were drafting to save fuel. (laughs) Ubers are usually okay, but the smell on the taxi reminds me of an open sewer pit in a camel yard. Oh. And I had, but wait, there's more. Oh, good. Pricing, right? Stick your surge pricing. After Grand Prix in Melbourne, 
I was going home from the casino because we got out of the track. You can't get a Uber or, casino or a taxi to save your life. So we got, got to the casino. Um, and from my casino to my place is about a $40 fare. So I got taxi. He goes, 250 bucks, mate, no meter. No cash here, Robbo. <laughs> and when I got out yeah, and okay. off, I cash now. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got out and slammed the door, I mentioned it to the taxi controller guy, and, he, and this guy was told to, to um to leave quickly and not and not to come back, which I thought was actually pretty good. <laughs> right, so now we're now we're talking uh the drifter. So not the Tokyo drift style, but this is the person that you're following, usually on a highway and their speed varies constantly, usually over a twenty kilometer or so range. So super annoying when you're sitting behind with cruise control on they slow down, you gotta brake, then they back to speed, then off again. If you go to pass, it usually wakes them up, so they speed up so you can't get past. Oh, yeah. Coming up, oh. you want to get off on the left lane, so again, you speed up to pass, yep. they speed up. Yep. You slow down and get behind, they, yes. sl- they slow down. For some reason, they feel obsessed with matching your speed. Infuriating, right, to get across. So often often these dudes will also be floating across the lane, so you think they're going to hit you. Often a mobile phone is involved in this, as we there's a lot of focus on in the media. And yep. the focus on the media is focus on you, you muppet, because you're doing 100 k's an hour with a phone <laughs> in your hand, texting, like focus on where you're going. Yep. And right. they, and usually you pick up them too in a in a single lane zone when you get a uh, a passing lane coming up. Yep. In a, in a 90 zone, they'll go from 80 up to 120, and then back to 80 again at the end. It happened to me just the other day. Uh, I wasn't in Darwin. I think I might have. Oh, I was on my way to the airport to fly to Darwin. With my engineer, Brad, we were getting off Brisbane. We were going onto the Gateway Freeway. And we were driving down. The, you know what I love so much about working in radio, Steve J, is that people may know the voice, but very rarely do they know who I am. I've got to tell you, I leaned out of the car with Brad in the car. This would have been 6.30 in the morning. I leaned out of the car and gave this bloke the biggest verbal surf for being on his phone. Slowed right down. The guy was absolutely shocked. He couldn't believe it and was still holding the phone in his hands while I was giving him the absolute serve of all serves. There is nothing worse than a peanut on a mobile phone trying to run you off the road. Nothing worse. No, exactly right. right. So the last one, right? we started with the double Parker and this one's just the Parker. And with Parker, we want to change the P to F, but you've got to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> the P, the, the Parker with a PH. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. So, so clearly reverse parallel parking is an ancient art not practiced by modern drivers who clearly have no idea. You know the ones, they park so close to you that they're almost touching your bumper, making yep. it almost impossible to get out of the spot unless you're doing a 300-point turn. Then there's the ones that back in and leave the car three feet from the curb, so they're almost closer to the centre line than the gutter. Yeah. But good news, some get it half right, where they're back in the car so close, but the front is sticking out in traffic <laughs> like some sort of weird-ass angle. Close enough is good enough, I guess. We uh, In our street, we have a, um, a, a young lady that drives a Corolla, and uh, she manages to do both crazy angle and miles out from the gutter. So that's far talent. that you actually can't pass it if there's someone coming the other way. And oh, she does talent. it every day. That's it pretty is good really talent. good. Yeah, yeah. Mate, uh, you should see the tax line here. It's going off. It is dead set going off like a free slab <laughs> at a Wharfie's picnic. Uh, once again, <laughs> Malcolm, you have stirred our audience 
uh, into I'll, I'll, I'll go, stitches I'll, of luck. I'll do Actually, a couple of hey, Malcolm, have a listen to some of these. I'll, you I'll, you run them through. Nims. I'm going to go a quick run through of these texts. Uh, uh, the legend is how you introduce Malcolm from now on. Also called Triple O at the start because from now on, Maddie gets thrown under the bus every time. Yes, uh, that yes, one. That one's from Lee. Also, this one's from Dan. This is a topic close to my heart. Since the end of lockdown, people have forgotten how to drive. And if the truck drivers of Melbourne would stop going in all lanes in a, in a tunnel, traffic might flow. Uh, we got another one. The bigger the car, the bigger the knob. That's from Rob the Ranger. <laughs> true, Rob. True, true, true. This one's from Greg. Boys, driving standards. Most ass clowns on the roads are wearing big red floppy shoes, red nose, and depriving villages of idiots. True. Uh, Adam in Montreux says... That has summed up so many of my traffic gripes to a T. And this is another good one from from uh, from Dan. What about the wide swinger? Drives a hatchback but thinks they're in a B-double when they turn into a driveway and swing into your lane. I've got to put that one on my list because that one's a good one. <laughs> the wide swinger. Oh, and what about from Michael? Boy. This bloke should be, dead set should be a stand-up comedian. There you go. Good on you, Michael. He may use that in the future if, got, he, uh, if he ever needs to. We got one more here from Ken in Sandigham. If you want to see roundabout action, come to the New Street Brighton Railway Crossing roundabout in the last couple oh, of years. Yes. The poor old drivers get very confused. I've seen three old deers drive the wrong way around the roundabout on the horn, honking to <laughs> other drivers. No worries. Just kept going off eventually. Had no idea. Frightening, says Ken. <laughs> I, See, I, I, I think there should be a curfew for pensioners. They're only allowed to drive between 10 and 2 during the daylight hours. <laughs> That's it. We've upset absolutely everyone, and we had the zinger at the end there with the pensioners. <laughs> Righto. Happy days. I t- Malcolm, when we talked about this the other day, I said to you, mate, you got to, you've just got to have a revisit of this because our audience love it when you get on and take a fair old swipe at uh, all this sort of stuff because it's relevant. Everything that you have just said there, my man, mm. is relevant. We've all seen it. We've all experienced it. Um, it's just not a lot of us can jump on here and talk about it. You can hang up the phone and get on with your day, but Steve and I, Stevie J and I would be accountable for that one. So Mo, Mo we, from we love you for doing it. Mo from Warrigal has just asked, you should go about watching some dash cam footage on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just for oh, relaxation. Watch that. That's- that stuff's really good. That's amazing. <laughs> like it's, it should be mandatory watching because you watch what these people are doing and it actually makes you never want to take off the traffic lights at the first second because there's always someone coming from the side going about to run, run, run you through. So I do. It's, it's actually good to see, to see that stuff. Yeah. So that's all, that's all good fun, isn't it? I mean, there's, uh, and literally, I wasn't joking. This was between Sunday and, and today on the roads, and it wasn't. I didn't just make that up. It genuinely was just trying to wow. just trying to get around around town. I won't even talk about the fact that I went to the shopping centre on the way home to pick up some stuff for, for Joanne, and this four-wheel drive parked that close to me that I think I would have had to be in a hungry jockey to fit in it to get back into the car. <laughs> I had to climb in through the passenger seat, and I say oh, I'm not built to be climbing in through the passenger seat. <laughs> Yeah, you and me both, mate. Well, you and me both. I could. In the uh, in the words of uh, the great Tim Watson. <laughs> Welcome to the Wankfest. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Malcodio. The long and the short of it is keep off the road when I'm on it. Go somewhere else. Catch a train. Or a train. Right, grump, right, right, grumpy grandpa. Have a listen to it. Get off the road. Oh, mate, I was on the hot lap. <laughs> you actually get my bolts cap and see what happens. <laughs> Well, Malconia, it is always a pleasure. As the text line, I've just given you a screenshot. That is legit everything that has just come through within the last 10 minutes. But uh, it is always a pleasure when we slide open the doors to the Classic Cast Corner. Let's do it all again soon.
I, I almost feel like we've done a little bit of a, uh, I, feel, I feel like we've done like a little bit of a therapy session for everyone here. I, everyone just had a bit of a let go mm. there, didn't they? Everyone yep. on the text messages. I think what we need to do is probably rename Malcolm's segment. Text in if you can give us a good name for, rename for Malcolm's. Yes. Not the classic corners, but what can we name but it? But also, think? I think what we should do is put up something on our, uh, on the driver's seat Facebook page and yes. say, here, Post your funny dash cam yeah, uh, footage right is, here. Oh, that is a fantastic idea. We can save that for what next month's idea. Classic Cars uh, Corner. But, uh, look, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause here on the driver's seat. We'll get to your texts in just a moment. As always, we do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And remember, you can get us around the clock on the driver's seat via our social media. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Driver's Seat Show. And the all-new Driver's Seat app has podcasts, interviews, news, and more. It is a must for all motorsport fans. And for those playing at home, yes, uh, I do have a little bit of a lurgy at the moment, which is... (laughs) Fair bit of fun, as you can see here. But uh, oh, grab the Glen Twenty out, folks. Spray <laughs> the studio. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. Thank you very much. Uh, now, <laughs> have you been? Have you tested yourself? Because you know that's getting around again. I have, I have. But uh, uh, well, that'd be that'd be about the eleventh time he's had it. And I'm, I'm all clear. Uh, Lee Lee actually texted in a little bit earlier, asking whether it was. And I can tell you, no, it isn't Lee. So thank you very much. But it is a good time to get to a bunch of texts. Um, uh, Stevie, uh, this one's from Michael. Stevie J, you have to lift your game because last week's show, we had Maddie putting people in the knob file and a whole lot more. Welcome back. Uh, the knob file. <laughs> I need to revisit that one. This one, this one is uh, from Will. Good show, guys. I've always asked the same questions about Tickford Racing, but I think it only come down to too many cars. T8 struggled when they went to three. These extra customer cars come at a real cost to Cam Waters. It takes a narrowed focus away from two cars to four. That is the difference. Cannot disagree. I think that's a very astute call, and I think one that needs to be on the agenda moving forward for Tickford. Um, this is another one from Pete and Cranman. Great to hear from Matty Roberts tonight. My question is, what did Tickford end up doing with the car that Zach drove in Super 2 last year? It's a good question, actually. Hmm. It is a good question. In Super 2? Yeah, the one that he drove in Super 2, but he also did a couple of uh, wild cards. I think the wild he was car- on pole at, um, yeah, that was at in Cullen Bend. Yeah, so I think I one of those wild cards is. has gone to, uh, the, that, that went to Tommy Randall, didn't it? Oh, no, sorry. No, uh, no, 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 no. Uh, Brad Vaughan, I think, has got that yes, one, doesn't he? Brad Vaughan's got that, yeah. Yes, that got endowed into the fence in yep. Perth. Yep. Um, mm. Here's another one, too, from uh, from Rob the Ranger, who's listening from Perth on the app. So nice oh, work okay. there, Rob. Rob from Perth. Rob. Uh, Steve, he was just there. You didn't see him at any of your local establishments, dancing uh, on tables? or No. Was it was in me. Yeah. No, he wouldn't no? have. No, I could definitely, <laughs> definitely wouldn't have. Down at Hillary's Boat Harbour, down <laughs> nah. in a couple of skewies and... No. Getting on the tables? Nah, no, sorry. Okay. Stevie Johnson having a couple of little adult beverages, enjoying the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, here's here's one. Um, uh, g'day, Pelicans. Interesting insights from Matt asking, uh, discussing the workings inside Tickford, not just a drive's perception in the fantastic sport of supercars. It's a great chat. We all know Cam Waters gives 110% of the car's capabilities, but Courtney has been competitive in qualifying the last few races. How does Tickford get a competitive race car moving forward? I think uh, Maddie covered that one. If you've got an answer, let them know because I think they're looking for one. Uh, 
Uh, yep. Here's another one too. Is Cam thinking of leaving? Maybe he wants to drive the Kubota Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and uh, here's another that one. That seat's full. Literally. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Every scary. Right, oh, you smart ass. <laughs> Everything in that seat is full, let me tell you. Go to bed, champ. Go to bed. And here's another one. Hey, boys, a big weekend of racing. Congrats to Matty and the Z-Man for the TAT run in Darwin. Bet both of you boys were sweating like a fat chick in Lycra. <laughs> I should have oh, read that I one. Think you were going to read that one. <laughs> Sorry for all those plus-size ladies out there that we've just offended. Uh, finally, had some decent racing laps on the green for the Super 2 mm. and Super 3 race. The new format is a winner for both the viewers and the racers. But uh, in the words of Frank in Fakatani, make sure you... Keep your text messages coming in. <laughs> but um, we have got to talk about <laughs> Perth because uh, we've got the power rankings. And I know that you guys do your research throughout it, but I will just give you an extra ad break to regroup oh, I did it. it. No, no, no. I had, I had a half an hour spare in the office this afternoon. Ooh. I even printed out timesheets and I used a highlighter thingy. And I've come up with... Wow. A, yeah, I know, right? Uh, and I've come up with three really good. You print me out my run times. sheets each, each week. Yeah. Why can't you do the same thing with the power <laughs> rankings? <laughs> I, I was just about to say, I felt like a teacher where it's like, could you share it with the rest of the class, please, yeah. Matthew? <laughs> mm. Well, yeah. Uh, we'll take a quick pause for the cause and be back with the driver's seat power rankings. That'll be up next. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. It is great to have you company here on The Driver's Seat as we wrap up a massive weekend in motorsport. Well, let's keep our eyes locked to Wanneroo because we have to go do our power rankings. The Driver's Seat Power Rankings. Oh, there it is, the old Pintara getting a workout. <laughs> but uh, it's very, very simple. The power rankings are our version of the Dally M or the Brownlow medal at the end of each round. Matt and Steve hand out a 3-2-1 vote for the driver they deem to be the best on track. Now, these are the votes before the Perth Super Sprint. Uh, SVG sits on top with seven votes. Uh, in P2, it's Brady Kostecki with six votes. Four votes in P3 goes to Will Brown. Then two votes to David Reynolds and Brock Feeney. And then one vote to Chaz Mostert, Bryce Fullwood and James Golding. So who wants to go first? Well, Steve's still riding and, and pumping numbers <laughs> and he's on calculators. It's smoking over there in the corner. So I'm going to do mine. Yes. Uh, do you want to start from one or three? Uh, go with one. I'm going to one. I'm going to give to Dave Reynolds. Yep. Was was the leading uh, leading Mustang consistent up there. He almost dropped off the one because Stevie J let some passes go through that were just too easy, particularly at the second, at the last corner. Yeah, I mean it's he's uh, unfortunately in my eyes. Yeah, Davey's not known to be a very good fighter. No, you gotta, especially you, when he's you know he clearly hasn't got the fastest car uh, in regard yeah. to whoever's yeah. behind him. He doesn't fight. I mean, like you know, I, I don't think half of those passes would have happened if it was Brody or if it oh was, God no. You know what I mean? Like, and it was P three, yeah. Yeah, like it was for a podium spot, and it was early on in the race. And I get that, and you don't want to torture tires just to defend one spot, particularly when you know you probably haven't got overall race pace. I get all of that, but you know, early on in the race, got to grow a pair, make it hard, mm. make it hard, because someone will fumble somewhere later on in the race. So even though you may not have great full race pace, you can still potentially pick up a podium. Anyway, so in the debrief at Penrite Racing, I reckon they'll be saying to Dave. 
you got to grow up here. But lap speed, he was really good, and he was up there. So I'm giving, I'm giving uh, DR. And I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to build a championship, and you know, a P4 is better than a P14 or 24 sure. if they get taken out. I understand that, but oh, we just want to see some racing. Like yeah. Brody's leading the championship, but he doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't give a toss. Look who was behind no. him. Morse coding on his back bumper, and he's a still lot. just yeah, absolutely just made it hard. Uh, uh, Will Brown, two votes to Will. Two votes for Will Brown. Won a race. Um, not just a little bit. He really won that race. He drove the wheels off that buggy. He outdrove absolutely everybody, and I thought he did a really good job. The reason he gets the two points, though, is because the day before, he was absolutely tish ass. Mm. So he went home, thought about it, did the numbers, had a good look at himself, and came out and dominated. That's really why I'm given the two points. It's always... Understand people have setbacks. It's how you come back from that setback. And I mm-hmm. thought he, he did really well. Three points. Wow. How can you go past Brody Kostecki? Yeah. He's putting together he's a little he, championship, he's a little, isn't he? He's just a little excitement bundle right now. And he's the first person since Cam Waters, really, that we think can throw it to to SVG, I think, at the moment mm. in those cars. There is something going on at Erebus. They are in love with each other right now. That is just a happy marriage between everybody at Erebus. They're doing an outstanding job and could very well be. And I'm, if I grab, if I go and grab my balls in the cupboard, I might even have a look. I reckon you might have even picked them, Stevie J, for either Championship or Bathurst, I reckon. So you, you mm. clearly had a feeling in the Johnson waters. and uh, The Johnson and, had a feeling in the loins. In the loins. <laughs> in the jo- a tingling in the Johnson loins. <laughs> Just like you did, just like you did 18 years ago, as we celebrate uh, Jet Johnson's 18th birthday on Saturday, or the party anyway. Uh, so yes, they're my three two ones: Brody Kostecki mm. for three, Will Power for two, Will Power, Will, Will Brown. Brown for mm. two, and uh, Dave Reynolds for the Unaro Numo. What about you, Steve? Unaro Numo. Unaro. As I say in Spanish. How about Numero Uno? Numero Uno. Uno Numero. All right. So I'm going to give. One point. Now, this has come down to a calculation, as you saw, Matty. <laughs> a bloody quick one, I might say. Yeah, a bloody quick one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give one point, and this was out of Todd Hazelwood and James Courtney. I know Todd because I did his numbers, and in race one he picked up Fourth. eight spots. Yep. So that was a very, very good, got very close to a one-pointer for me. So well done. Yep. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so I've done an average. Okay. Of, the, of the finishing position. Wow. Righto. Um, Look at this guy. And JC beats him. So JC had an average of 11th over right. the three Because they both had a bit of a bit of a, uh, Up and down. a bogus race, yes. their third race, right? Yep. So, yep. But James's yep. bogus race was ninth yep. and, and Todd's was 14th. Yep. So, um, so I'm going to give one point to JC. He was strong all weekend. You yep. know, I mean, he, he, he obviously had a fifth. He had a podium in, in, mm. in Obviously, race eight, which was the first race on Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, P three, and then uh, and then he had a P nine on Sunday afternoon. But he he came up five spots to get into that top ten, so yep. he had a bit of an average qualifying. Obviously, um, so well done for JC. I'm going to give two to Brody because I just think that um, mm-hmm. he was, you know, he's. It's sort of like what we expected the championship leader to do. You know what I mean? It's it's how I expect. Him and we we've known what he's been like. We know how aggressive he is. We've all known how fast he is. It, it's all coming together with Erebus at the moment. So mm. I think that's great. But I'm actually going to give three points to Will Brown because that turnaround from Saturday to Sunday was awesome. Yep. And you know he 
mostly, and I don't think it was down to the fact of the car wasn't great on Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think there was a couple of issues with regarding the uh, strategy for qualifying, and right. that's why it ended up there. Right. So there was either a little car issue or there's a, there's a it wasn't down to his speed because we saw his speed on Sunday. It was P, P1. So, Mega. Um, so there was a drama there, and I think it still goes to show how good SVG is in that position when he's back a bit, even though he didn't show it on Sunday. We've seen him drive through the field, you know. Mm. I mean, look at the AGP, you know what I mean? Yeah. So a little bit of a different track, obviously, Perth. But I just think Will did an outstanding job. Sunday was just mega. And Erebus, I mean, if you're going to give points to anyone, Erebus needs three points because they're just absolutely super at the moment. And we're going to talk about uh, Super 2 as well. But on the points thing. Maybe we should get Barry on at the moment because he'll be happy and he'll be throwing a few bombs around, you know, in in, in the discussion and he won't be angry. I can hear the music in the background, Nimsy, but I've got to say, if I could give three points to anyone else, it would be for the Super Utes on the weekend. I think the Super Utes are coming of age. I think everyone there is doing a fantastic job. I thought the racing was outstanding. The cars looked good. They sounded good. They spat flames. They were nothing like they were four or five years ago when I was in them. Yeah, they've, they've got the Super Utes. Utes. Was it that long, really? Was yeah, it that long years, ago? Wow. Super Utes, congratulations on what you're building. I think it's outstanding. I looked at some of the socials. Good racing, and you too. And you didn't get one wanker, I don't think, on there saying, oh, it's a good time to go for a toilet and cut the grass. Bugger off, mate. It was bloody great racing. So, Philippa, Lukey, everyone else out there doing a great job on the Utes. Get it behind them, folks. Super Utes. Yeah, well, uh, three points. It, it has. It's stellar racing. They've done a great job to turn yeah, that they around. Have. They really have. A lot of work, a lot of hard work. Uh, we're going to take a quick pause for the cause and we'll do a quick wrap up of the Dunlop series next, right here on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And it is great to have you coming here on the driver's seat as we rip through the big weekend of motorsport just gone. Uh, We talked a little bit about supercars with our power rankings, but let's talk about the Dunlop series because this was the brand new format and uh, it was some very, very good racing there. And uh, for you, Stevie, I could assume it would have been... Well, how while you're on the radio and you see a young jet going around there and you got some Super 2 drivers going full Super 2 and all you're thinking of is just like, just bring it home, just bring it home safe, mate, just bring it home safe. <laughs> how was it? Um, because it was a rather exciting bit of racing there in the Super 2 with the new format. That it was. It, uh, you know, I didn't think that an extra 10 minutes was going to change too much. Uh, with regard to the egos and the red mist and, and, and all that sort of thing within Super 2, Super 3, but yeah. it did. Having said that, that track lends itself to, you know, some good racing as long as they're respecting each other's with yeah. regard to giving each other racing room, you know. So, um, you know, obviously it's a t- tough initiation at, at uh, Newcastle. So many rookies, never even driven the place, and, and we saw what happened there. But, um, you know, to have race one go... For as long as it did with one safety car, only because um, of a uh, uh, an incident. On, I think it was about lap two, and it was actually teammates. Mm. It was actually um, uh, Kai Allen and, and uh, Cooper Murray coming together, taking each other out, and one ended up in the sand pit. <laughs> oops, oops. <laughs> so uh, Benny and Rachel Eggleston. I don't know. I don't know what the, what chat they did have to them uh, on 
Saturday night, but it worked on Sunday. But, you know, to go, you know, there was like 30, 32 laps, and out of that there was one safety car for two laps. It was it was mm. mega, mm. you know. And then and then Sunday, yeah, it was a couple of safety cars, but all in all, it was a, a amazing really, weekend. Really uh, great weekend. racing. Mm. Mega weekend. And, and yeah, you're right, Nimsy, it's, it's really hard because um, within the Super 2 and the Super 3, it's not only is it hard for, a, I guess, a punter on the hill if you're not full on into w- yeah. what cars are you're what. Not a cardigan. Yeah. Um, you know, they they really need something, I think, to decipher the difference between Super Two and Super Three. Whether it's different coloured numbers on the cars, maybe different windscreen banner colour, or or whatever it might be, just so that people understand that um, there's a difference between the two. But uh, when you've got a race within a race, Nims, it, 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 you're right, it is hard. You know, and. and um, you know, Jet was racing for a podium there, um, which we'll, uh, I've seen in your notes we'll talk about. But yep. um, uh, it's, you know, going for the podium uh, in a podium position. Then he catches up to uh, – he caught up to Nash Morris, actually, and Nash is actually in Super 2 class. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, what's going to happen here? Is 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 he going to get caught up with Nash? And then the next guy behind in Super 3 is, gonna, is right there. So what's going to do – so anyway, luckily Jet got past Nash and – and uh, and then caught up to to Cammy McLeod and um, and Job Stewart and finished pretty much right on the bumper of those guys at the, at the end of the weekend, which was great. So it's hard, yeah, it's hard to. I was just giving him the information he needed. You know, you're not racing these guys. This is the person you're racing. The guys up in front are the guys for position. The guy behind you's not, etc. And you know, I mean, he, he's an 18 year old kid. He's he's got to figure it out for himself. I'm not driving the car, so um, give him all the information. And if he makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. But he did did a great job on the weekend. Just quickly going through the results. So in Super Two, Ryan Wood from Morgan Trendy United, he swept the round, uh, taking yep. his maiden win in race one on the Saturday, before backing it up with another win on Sunday. Uh, Mustangs on pole though, with Zach Best from Anderson Motorsport picking up the pole for race one, and uh, Brad Vaughan got an armor roll pole for race two. Vaughan and Best rounded out the podium in race one, while Aaron Love and Cooper Murray were P two and uh, P three in race two. But as you, as you said in Super Three, like race one. Um, it would have been how hard is it because I'm just looking at the timesheets here and Jet Jet finished P4 is it hard to sort of go especially since it's a, a mixed grid too because you're racing for a podium you are you, you all you're thinking is I want to bring a trophy home I want yep. to bring a trophy home and you're probably thinking but don't bin it <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean yeah but yeah. that's been, yeah but that's 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 the oops I just dropped my phone that's the uh it's the, the fine line, isn't it? It's the fine line and it's the balance because you can't – I know you don't want to throw it off the road, but you've got to be aggressive and win a race too, which, yeah. I mean, the race – the quick race that I saw, which I think was Sunday where he got his first podium, got the third position, the last five laps, he was aggressive. Yeah. He yep. got some passing done. Well, he was actually aggressive through the whole race and he, he, he unlocked a little bit of – uh, speed. We maybe unlocked a little bit of speed in the car. Um, his engineer was pretty crap on the weekend. That was me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's such a different style of driving in in that specific track, which is very much similar to Phillip Island, etc. Mm, compared mm. to a street circuit. So mm. um, he found it a bit a bit difficult. He he got held up a little bit in qualifying, and, and also didn't do a great job, admittedly himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so he qualified P five both races. Had a great he had a great weekend racing actually with young Matthew McCutcheon, who's a uh, another young Kiwi Eggleston. kid coming. Th- sorry, uh, from Eggleston. Yep. yep. Uh, yep, from Eggleston, Sorry, but um, but he's sort of a bit of a protege of of SVG, 
runs his 97 and gets a bit of help from Shane and that sort of thing. So uh, really good young guy. They both raced phenomenally well over the weekend and um, uh, Jet was, you know, this time able to get the better of him, but he was fast. He, he smoked Jet in qualifying. So um, Jet played the long game and, and just unlocked a little bit of the style and the the finesse needed to keep the tyres under the under the thing for a uh, you know thirty to thirty five laps around Perth and uh, and he was very very fast at the end and another couple laps he probably would have been there um, knocking on the door to where well, he was right there with Job Stewart and Kemi McLeod and probably a little bit faster than him at the end of the race so uh, you know it was just great a great learning thing for Jet um, and you know. I think uh, it's really opened his eyes to what he's got to do as a driver to understand the different techniques and to be fast everywhere. Yep. How's he going with the ultimate? Because it does, I'm looking at the timesheets and that they're very much up the front there, it, which is odd to see Nissan's so far up in grid. <laughs> no offense to uh, Kelly Racing from uh, back in the day, but um, but consider and if I if I was Matt White, I would have been really taking a, a strong consideration that maybe going into the Super 3, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I think, you know, you've got to also understand that, um, you know, you've got to have the people that want to do it as well, you know, and, and I think Matty's, uh, uh, he was getting to the point the last few years where, you know, he wasn't sure whether it was going to continue or not, um, and he did, obviously. He got good good opportunities with, with young drivers to continue, like last year with uh, Tyler Revingham and a, and, a, and a couple of others, obviously, at uh, Angela Mazuris. And I think there was – who else was there? Matty, you probably – you're a bit of a doyen of, of that. There was a three in this since last year. I can't remember who the third one was. Someone will point it out on the, on the socials. Text in on, the, on the text, 0433 yeah, 1116. You know, and they were up the front. Angela Mazuris. Yep, Tyler Wilson. Everingham. And the Spitwater car. Oh, Tommy Maxwell. Tommy Maxwell. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. So um, good with sponsors, not so good with yeah, names. Yeah. <laughs> and Spitwater, that's exactly what it does. That's exactly, exactly what, that's what, what it does. does. Funny um, enough, owned by a guy by the name of Gary Rogers. Gary Rogers. Yeah, but not the Gary Rogers that yeah. we know. Anyway. But, um, yeah, so, you, you know, you're right. And, and I think that, um, uh, you know, the Nissan is a strong car in, in Super 3. and But but Job's doing a sensational job in that image racing um, Commodore. Yep. Um, yeah, he is. Up there, and which obviously they've got. I guess they've got a bit of knowledge and help from from Erebus. Yeah. Um, but um, it's going to be a super championship, you know. Um, they've all the young kids are doing a great job, and you know, just we'll see the next ones in Townsville. So we'll uh, we'll oh, see. Oh, good! How another go. street circuit. Yeah, another street circuit. Yeah, great. Yeah, it's it's going to be a real baptism of fire. Just looking at some of these, because then you got oh, then you got Sandown, Sandown, and then Bathurst oh, back Sandown's to back, right. then Bathurst, and then you got to oh, wrap good. it up on the streets of Adelaide. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Hope you got deep pocket sunshine. <laughs> but no, no but, but but it was a very it was a very good and a, a massive step forward for all of the bad press and negativity that Super Two and Three have been getting the last twelve months. Yeah, it was good clean racing, and the best part about that too is like some of these names that are coming through. Like it it, it was a breakout weekend for guys like Job Stewart, guys like Ryan Wood, Brad Vaughan. They got their time in the sun, mm. mixing it up with, and it also goes to show too that Zach Best doesn't. He's not just necessarily going to just st- walk in there win the not Super Two Championship. No, no. not at all. Ryan Wood's a good good young guy too. I've watched him come up through uh, Sprint Challenge, Porsche Sprint Challenge, and also in in eighty six he did a couple of guest appearances there. Uh, very, very fast young Kiwi. So, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to watching the Super 2. And, and obviously, we'll see how Jet goes in that Napa Auto Parts Nissan Ultima for the rest of the year. So he's, he's enjoying it, which is the main thing. He gets out of the car with a smile on his face. That's all I worry about at the moment. Make sure you keep your eye on the uh, Napa Auto Parts Asia Pacific uh, Facebook page as well, because there's a good bit of content on there, uh, not just on track, but uh, for all the entire uh, 
drivers that are under the Napa banner there. But we'll take a quick pause for the cause because we've got to talk F1. We'll do that in just a moment here on the driver's seat. Thanks to Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. And it's great to have you company on the driver's seat this week. Uh, We're going to talk about the Kings of the North. Mm. Uh, That was over the weekend. (laughs) There we go. Well, you got to give the king its ease uh, royal due, but um, <laughs> <laughs> what that was? Yeah, the, the full pop and circumstance. Just, right, in, ca- just in case we get Dylan Thomas and Tim Brooke uh, on the show at some point in time. <laughs> well, we, gotta, we do. Dylan we, listens a lot. I do know that. We, see, so get on the show, Dylan. We'll give you your proper intro there. But uh, mm, no, they collected go. the twenty thousand dollar prize and been declared kings of the north after winning the second yes, round of the TAT geez. Muscle Car Series. Big uh, D would have. Bought a few bourbons after that, I reckon. <laughs> well, I did see him after the event, and and he did tell me what the uh, what the how the the split of the twenty grand was going to go. There was certainly an element there that was dedicated to the bar tab. <laughs> now, uh, just quickly too, because you were in action uh, in over the six races, Maddie. You were in, uh, teaming up with Marcus Sukanovic, um, mm-hmm. and we got a text in uh, from the Big G, who says, "Even mm-hmm. gents, I must admit that when I turned on the TV on Monday afternoon." And I hear our Maddie saying you had no confidence in the car and you didn't sound yourself, so I was a bit concerned. Oh. After hearing the enthusiasm you have for this event over the last couple of weeks, I thought, are you okay? Might be an overreaction, <laughs> but I felt like I had to ask. Good on you, Big, Big G. Because Lovely. Yeah. I am okay. I'm more than okay. I'm fantastic. But um, for those who didn't catch the action of the Kings of the North TA2 Round 2 at the High Tech Oil Super Series in Darwin last weekend, uh, I was... Let me go back a step. On this show over the last seven years, I have, when appropriate, Steve Johnson, asked people to be accountable for their actions. Supercar teams, Formula One, whatever. Often they're rhetorical questions I'm never going to get an answer for, but I make people be responsible and take uh, responsibility for what they've done. So in that vein, I am going to apologise to Marcus Sakanovic, to Brad, my engineer, to Malcolm from Kubota, Stellatech, DBC2, Smith & Co Realty, because I drove like an absolute goose, a wanker, over the weekend. I did not put – I look back on what I did over the weekend, and I'm not talking – I didn't hit anyone or we didn't do any damage or any of that sort of stuff. I just drove like a sook. I had all of the opportunities to get better in the car across the weekend, Steve, and I don't think I took them. I had all the tools there. I had access to you if I needed it. I, I had access to Marcus. I had access to Paul Foggy. I could have done any of that, and I didn't. And I just look back at my efforts, um, certainly Saturday and Sunday. At one, like I qualified last. Not in my entire career have I ever qualified last, ever. So I was slow. I was just dead set slow. And when I look at the vision of what I was doing and how I was driving, I clearly saw what was going on. I had a bit of a pity party, which was when that that camera came around, Big G, and caught me. Um, uh, I went for a long walk, had a call with Mrs. Mack, had a call with my boss, Shannon Smith. Both of them gave me a bit of an uppercut, uh, jumped in the car, and Marcus and I went out. We started the Kings of the North 36-lap, 35-lap enduro last and we came seventh. So got the result in the end, but I should have been better much earlier on. The car has no problem with it because Marcus was quick. 
Um, we had we did have a DNF through a busted throttle cable, but for all of the fans of of Kubota Motorsport and all of the people that pump a lot of money into my racing, um, I just have to apologise publicly for the way I drove earlier on the weekend. However, uh, Dylan Thomas and Tim Brooke had a great round. Yeah, uh, not, not Mark Crutcher and Geordie Cox. You reckon Geordie Cox can't drive anything but a front wheel drive car? Ha! The kid's unbelievable. Got got uh, Mark Crutcher and the number four team their first win uh, and trophies. It was just an outstanding thing to watch. So brilliant event. Um, there was about to be possibly a couple of car, very big crashes that were held together. Tyler Everingham and Geordie Cox came together, and I think someone on our Facebook page, Nimsy, asked whether uh, whether that was a bit too much of an aggressive move from Geordie. It was through turn two, three, Stevie J, the mm-hmm. right, left, heading over the top into the valley. Uh, Steve, uh, Tyler and Geordie came together. Geordie just leant into the back of Tyler going over the top, and I've looked at Tyler's onboard vision. Man, that kid can drive because he saved an absolute plane wreck. That's from, been that's from Graham massive. on our Facebook page, that question. That's right, from, yep. from GL. So, uh, yeah, GL, you asked whether it was too aggressive from Geordie. Or just a racing incident. Oh, oh, it was a race. It was deemed a racing incident. Geordie is a very aggressive driver. Um and it was very early on in the race, and uh, oh, it's, a, it's a line ball one. I know that our driver standards officer, uh, Elliot Barber, really took a long time to decide on that one, but I think it was a, uh, I think it was a, a, a racing incident. But um, great event. I just wish they'd do it a little bit later in the year, Stevie J, because I cannot tell you how hot it was. <laughs> I mean, we go to Darwin in June, you and I, and uh, we go up there for the supercar thing, and it's hot then. Mm. Man alive, just one month earlier in Darwin, she is smoking hot. Smoking. <laughs> oh, so in the car, you don't feel it. As you would know, you've done plenty of hot races You in Adelaide in 40 degrees. You've got your cool suit on. You've got your helmet blower. You don't feel it. Yep. But those crew members, my crew member and every other crew member, Man, those poor bastards were roasting. Now, now, little birdie or a little spy tells me, let me know if it's true or not, that you actually took your cool suit box home, plugged it in, and slept in your cool suit. <laughs> Is that true? No. <laughs> No, that's not true. But I did leave the air conditioning on in our little Airbnb and we walked into it and it was like <laughs> an icebox. It was absolutely sensational. But uh, And I've got to thank publicly Marcus Sikanovic and Mick Sikanovic too, his father. They were outstanding across the weekend. Mick and Marcus were both sick. Um, I've got to thank publicly my crew, Mark and Maz, another Mark and Maz who came up, Maz, our catering person, and Mark, who's just a good mate of mine, he ended up slinging spanners and flipping tyres and doing other bits and pieces. So my crew were outstanding, and I'm sorry that I let you guys down with some of those results. But I'll come back better at Queensland Raceway, I promise. June 2nd to the 4th. uh, That's where round three of the TA2 Muscle Car Series is going to be. We'll give you all the details on our Facebook page. We'll take a quick break because uh, we're rapidly running out of the show. Uh, So I'll be back. We should go to three hours, maybe. Back with more. Hell no. Back with more (laughs) right after this. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Quite a bit of action in Alabama in the IndyCar for Scotty McLaughlin, who scored his first IndyCar win this year. Uh, old, He had a bit of a deal with gross jeans. <laughs> he had a fantastic duel with gross jeans. Mm. Uh, and let me tell you, 
if you we talk about it all the time here uh f1 versus indycar for open wheel motorsport entertainment I've got to say, Stevie J, the Alabama race was some of the greatest motorsport I have mm. ever seen. It was outstanding, wheel to wheel strategy, balls out, push to pass, conservative, conservative like, sorry, con- aggressive, conser- some conserving, oh, oh some just me. just three stoppers, two stoppers, safety yeah. car at the right point to help the street. Because um, looking at that and knowing the strategy for that track, that Alabama track. Um, I don't think a three stops ever won there. No. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. for that to work and, and, and Scotty, they went to a three stopper and Scotty started P4. So it wasn't, wasn't like they were just trying something they didn't out need of the to blue. to go outside, out, outside the box. But they oh, did yeah. and it worked out. Like it was sensational. The skill level of these guys, given that that track is mm. uphill, down dale, all that sort of stuff was absolutely phenomenal. We were sitting in the Darwin airport at two o'clock on Monday morning, Tuesday morning. And I had seasoned motorsport people around me that don't normally watch Indy. I had them around my computer and we in the bar and guys were screaming. Indy's where it's at. If you want good open wheel entertainment, Formula One. <laughs> well, it's going to be a big, big month of May for uh, for, for IndyCar because you've got um, the um, – IMS next for the series with the GMR yep. Grand Prix on su- yep. Saturday, May 13th, and then the 107th Indy 500 on May yep. 28th. So we got to go, Steve, a, one day. A big, yep. big couple of weeks for Scotty Mack. And yes, yes, we know that Baku happened as well. So we'll quickly touch on that before we leave. Right here on I the driver's seat. Of, I could have a couple of contacts there, many That'll help. We, we could indeed. Mm. We should do that. Mm-hmm. Nimsy, you want to go into Indy? Oh, look, I'd love to, but someone's going to be here pushing the buttons. Well, someone's got to record 90% of the ads on SEN. So. <laughs> don't, don't, don't forget, also do the credits as well. <laughs> oh, sorry, the, the ads, the credits. Credits, et cetera, The et cetera. producing, the technical. Firing off the ads. But anyway. I, we'll, we'll I be... completely understand why they pay you $3 million a year. Oh, I really whatever. Do. All right, back with more right after this. is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Australia and New Zealand. Oh, we have run out of time here on the driver's seat, so we'll make this quick and fast. Uh, in Baku, Red Bull has absolutely dominated, taking victory with a 1-2. Sergio Perez getting the chocolates uh, with Max Verstappen coming in P2. And in P3, it is... Who is P3? Charles Leclerc. Yeah. The older Claire. Look, it was a, it was a sprint weekend. Uh, I liked the idea of the new format. I thought that worked really well. But Azerbaijan's usually one of my favourite races, and once again, Formula One left me cold. Yeah. Boring. So, uh, hey, look, well done, Oscar. As Mo said, did Oscar Max, Piastri. Yeah. Did Max do something that was wasn't like strategy. say something? Just strategy. Oh no, Matt. In the yeah, it was. Um, uh, it was Georgie Russell well, and yep. Max had a bit of a crack at each other. Well, that was pretty good, yeah. Formula One heads to Italy for the next round. We'll be back same time next week right here on The Driver's Seat.